The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day.
Styx. Oh, a little flashback on that one, man. Yep. And uh, you know, Styx is one of those bands that they're they're such on one hand do drop rock. And then on the other do hand, drop rock. yeah, do drop. I don't think rock. I've ever heard that term. Very, before. very office. Is that a Johnny cu- term? That's a Johnny term. All right, very good. office cubicle friendly, like a Steely Dan. Really, but then every now and again, you know, you listen to a song like Renegade or crap, Mr. Roboto. Yeah, <laughs> and of course this one, Blue Collar Man, uh, parentheses Long Nights, Long Nights, um, and you're like, man, they can rock when they choose to. They always struck me, and I mean, this is going back to fucking childhood here, mm-hmm. but they always struck me as a very ambitious band. Okay. You know, they really, really went for it. They were, you know, that weird time in the late uh, late exactly 70s. What you mean. Where there was like hybrid bands. There were bands that didn't fall into easily categorizable yes. uh, sections of rock and roll, if but you will. But they do easily fall into classic rock now, because you could take them... You could take Ario Speedwagon. You could yep. take Foreigner. Hell, oh, you could yeah. take Journey. It's like their own little classification. Yeah. I don't know what you yeah. call it. No, I don't think there is a, a label or a title for those guys. But yeah, you're very right. They all mm-hmm. fall into that category. They were all of that time. Mm-hmm. I think rock was in a kind of a transition period. Very FM friendly. Yeah, yeah. For you know, more often than not, that's an insult. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but those guys were definitely that. Uh, for people who don't know, that was off their 1978 album, Pieces of Eight. Pieces of uh, It was eight. the first single off of that album. And uh, according to Tommy Shaw, that was based on a friend of his who was a coal miner or some mm-hmm. shit like that. Yep, like I heard that. An epitome of a blue-collar job. And this poor right. bastard lost his job and was standing in the unemployment line, like mm-hmm. they talk about in the song, and was absolutely enraged by it. He was like, I don't want handouts. I want to right. fucking work. right. You know, and so Tommy obviously heard this guy. And if you're ever around musicians, you got to be careful because they will turn, you know, conversations that you have, offhand remarks that you have into songs. Interesting. And, and yeah, <laughs> you know, for better or for worse, maybe, you know, maybe you don't want a song right. uh, based on you and your, your deal, whatever it is you're going through mm-hmm. or whatever. Because obviously conflict is, you know, good grist for the oh, mill sure, sure. as far as songwriting is concerned. It's some great lyrics in that song. You oh, know? God, yeah. Um, oh, they nail it. I mean, if you're... you're long nights, impossible odds, looking at life through a keyhole. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. Just, Lyrically, they nailed it. They yeah. definitely nailed the the poor... Uh, the the shit, I should say poor, the, the shit that, that blue-collar people do, right. unfortunately, look, we, go through. have been out of work know? at some point, and... After that first weekend, we were like, yes, freedom. You know, it oh, it sets gets in like, fast. oh, man, where, where, how am I going to take care of my responsibilities or my family or whatever? Mm-hmm. It's a very stressful situation. And some would say that equally stressful to be unemployed is being, you know, perhaps what we call underemployed yeah. or underpaid. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a big issue uh, in the United States with that going on. And that's really what's contributing to the big debate right now as far as the minimum wage is concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was one of the things that uh, the Joe Biden administration coming in made a high point of their campaign you know, rap was mm-hmm. they were going to crank up uh, minimum wage to $15 an hour, right. which on the surface... Probably sounds like a good idea. Sounds like a great idea. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, obviously there are potential re- repercussions. You and I were talking about a few. Mm-hmm. And timing. You know, anytime you're going yeah. to hit the job market, you're going to hit uh, the economy in general with something like that. I mean, I don't know what the, the statement or the country's minimum wage is right now, but it's considerably less than 15. Yeah. And I know it varies from state to state considerably. But uh, but if you're going to mandate fifteen dollars an hour for mm-hmm. minimum wage, you got to be careful with that. Sure, I mean up here in uh, the New England area, we have one of the higher uh, 
minimum wages compared to other areas of the country, and they're yeah. around like eleven, eleven fifty now. Yeah. Massachusetts might even be twelve at this point. Well, it's easy for a state like Massachusetts to do that because Massachusetts has a much stronger economy mm-hmm. than a lot of other states in the country. They have uh, things like you know the medical field, mm-hmm. uh, pharmaceuticals. Um, they have a strong, strong university culture, colleges and whatnot. Right. So it's a lot easier for them to do something like that mm-hmm. than it would be, say, like Iowa exactly. you know, yep. or, or Arkansas or Mississippi. And quite honestly, the people in Massachusetts don't see beyond their borders, so they would not understand that. Right. You know? <laughs> and I'm saying that as you know, a Massachusetts native, a Boston native. Um, you know, that's one of the biggest, biggest complaints, biggest bitches I have against people in that state mm-hmm. is they don't tend to see beyond their borders. You know, and again, you know, they have the resources to bump things up to $15 an hour that maybe a lot of people don't. Right. And, uh, and that's, you know, again, a perspective that you have to take into, you know, around this whole debate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the big picture perspective really is something that you have to take into this. Right. Know? And the other thing is, you know, something we didn't, uh, you know, discuss earlier, there's, um, I don't even call it levels, but there's different defining factors as to what... Uh, quote-unquote, minimum wage is applicable because waitresses and servers in most industries get paid a, a typical wage yeah. that is much less than a standard... Considerably know. less. So, you know, that's got to get like changed two, like as two, well. Like 2 $3 an hour or some bullshit like that. Right, right, yeah. which, yeah, is absolutely ridiculous. And that's why yeah. they say these people live off tips. But another thing is, you know, as, as we get into this, because the first downside of this thing, and some of it's true, some of it isn't, People say, well, that's going to make everything cost more, and it's going to cause inflation. And in the short term, that might be true. But right now, we're just looking at those people that are currently making minimum wage and working their ass off, which is primarily food service, hospitality, a lot of what we call unskilled labor that has a skill that they've learned over time, and they're good at it, right? So let's say... you know, It's labor that doesn't require a college education. Exactly. And, you know, I hate to give them props in this because I'll be the first one to say they're a bit aloof. But one of the talking heads on Fox Business laid it out very simply and said, you know, you're, you own a pizza parlor, okay? <laughs> and you got Tony that's been there for a couple years. He's a good employee. He's flipping pizzas, whatever. And he's making $15 an hour. Yep. Okay? Now, the minimum wage goes up. So other people that you need to hire to bolster your business, they're making 15 Obviously, you can't keep Tony at 15 because that's an insult for his loyalty and his hard work. So now Tony's probably got to go to like 17 or 18, Yeah. okay? So that's where you have to start raising your prices because, you know, we know from our other lives working, Mm -hmm. (laughs) labor is the biggest controllable expense for any business. That's the mantra. Right. That's the mantra. And it's true. And, you know, without disclosing what the big evil other job is that I do, let's just say I know my way around a budget forecast and a P&L and I know how to make a business money, and I know where businesses bleed money. And unfortunately, labor is, is a very quick way to do it. But if, and this is a fanciful you know, pipe dream, if you can get productivity to exponentially grow with this you know, labor wage that, that you're shelling out, it would work. However, does the, uh, the American workforce at this level have it in them? To exceed is management across the board trained, intelligent, and qualified to motivate people to produce more and not just take this this added wage and run with it. Well, that's, a, that's a that's a very good question, a very good point to bring up. Um, 
but again, and this is something we were talking about pre-show, you got to step back and take a look at the big picture. Um, in 2018, the unemployment in the U.S. hit 3.7 percent, super low, which is which is unprecedented. Mm-hmm. You know, I personally I didn't know all the economic studies I read said it couldn't go below four percent, right. and yet it somehow went to 3.7 percent. If you were going to crank up the uh, minimum wage, that's that was the time to do it. Sure, yeah. Right now. Employment, unemployment, courtesy of the pandemic, is up over eight percent. I believe mm-hmm. now is not the time to do that because the potential repercussions uh, could be devastating. Could put a drag on the recovery from this fucking nightmare. Right. Um, but long term and big picture, people got to consider a few different things. Um, for example, according to a, a third way report in 2018, sixty-two percent of the jobs in the U.S. Uh, for a dual-income household with children. Don't pay enough for that household to be considered middle class. Uh, just 23% of the jobs in the U.S. as of 2018 qualified as middle class. And 15% qualified as professional. You know, that would be white collar, if you will. Uh, 32% of the jobs are considered living wage, mm-hmm. which means you're two or three paychecks away from fucking disaster. Right. And 30% are hardship wages. That's poverty. That's you ain't making it. That's you're getting paid every week and you're still falling back, falling back, and falling back. You know, the bottom line is jobs are not paying enough to offset the rising cost of housing and base living expenses in the United States. And the big problem is the middle class is, is, is disappearing. It's going away. Right. You right. know, middle skill jobs that powered the U.S. middle class dropped from 58% in 1981 to 4, 44% as of 2011. And believe me, in the last nine years, the situation has not gotten any better. Uh, middle, school, uh, middle skill jobs, I should say, lost during uh, recessions prior to 1990, mm-hmm. always came back. You know, we always found a way to bring them back. These are manufacturing jobs and whatnot. Jobs that you could support a family on, and yet you don't necessarily have to have a college degree. Right. From 1990 on, a different... Uh, result of these recessions kicked in. Um, these jobs, these middle skill jobs, as they're called, were not recovered. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why we had a term, and I didn't hear it for the first time until post 2009's crash of jobless recoveries. In other words, the economy came back, but all those middle class jobs mm-hmm. did not. I don't want to sell anything, buy anything, or process anything as a career. I don't want to sell anything bought or processed or buy anything sold or processed or process anything sold, bought or processed or repair anything sold, bought or processed. You know, as a career, I don't want to do that. And according to the same study, what happened was 30, 30% of jobs went up mm-hmm. to, you know, a higher level than the quote-unquote middle, middle skill jobs. And 30% dropped down. So portions of the middle class are getting elevated, portions of the middle class are getting shoved back down again. You know, from 1980 to 2005, low-skilled jobs and high-skilled jobs in the U.S. both grew by 30%, which is an odd thing. Mm. But like I said, this is, this is the middle class disappearing. You know, and unfortunately, you get more and more people that are dependent on, you know, middle-aged, middle, or excuse me, uh, minimum-wage jobs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that 15% or $15 an hour job that we're talking about, you know, both you and I cringe because, you know, we did jobs when we were in high school at convenience stores and pizza shops and all this other shit. 
You know, we didn't expect to make more than what we needed on Friday night to go out and, you know, right, right. have, you know, be able to afford beer and pizza and whatever our girlfriends wanted and whatnot. More and more, you have these poor bastards from the middle class getting shoved down to that lower income level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, like I said, their jobs are going away. They're not right. coming back. They're getting, you know, offshore to China, unfortunately, mm-hmm. these manufacturing jobs that used to exist. So this $15 an hour minimum wage job, we're not talking about the pimple-faced kid that flips burgers at right. McDonald's anymore or Wendy's or whatever. Mm-hmm. We're talking about these poor bastards that have families. Right. And unfortunately, you're never going to convince people to stop uh, breeding. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen. <laughs> Lord knows we've tried. We have tried. You know, <laughs> I'm looking and, at you, big tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and yeah, you know, we've, we've thrown out the condom thing and we've mm. thrown out the Planned Parenthood thing. But the fact of the matter is, the people keep coming. And uh, no pun intended. Yeah. Oh wow! I didn't even do that intentionally. I That's really why didn't. I'm here, but, sir. Yeah. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you. But uh, bottom line is, we got to deal with this. It, it's not like so many of these things that um, the idiots on my side of the aisle are accused of. You know, food stamps and all this other shit. We're not doing this out of the goodness of our hearts. Mm. You know, we're doing this. So they don't storm the big white buildings. Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. So they're not breaking into the houses. Right. They're not breaking into the capital. And this, you know, as we often tell listeners, this isn't a conspiracy podcast. At least we hope it never becomes one. Hey. But you could look at, at this and say to yourself, man, the, the middle class is taking a beating. And it seems like they, they try and entice people with all these government services that kind of offset the fact that you're not making a lot of money, yeah. but we can fill in the gaps with affordable health care and prescription plans and things like that, yeah. which unfortunately, I mean, shit, if that stuff actually existed and it was affordable, that could be a, a positive force, but we know it's not the case, yeah. okay? Because the minute you're making over like 35 grand, you can't get Obamacare. So you're, at, you're looking at conventional benefits to the tune of, some cases, $500 a month you know, just to keep you and your, and your family secure. Yeah. And as far as, like, prescription plans, forget about it. The, the, the pharmaceutical companies are having their way with us. And well, that's, that's <laughs> really, really the bottom line is, you know, the focus is on this, this minimum wage argument. Mm-hmm. And it really, really shouldn't be where it is. The focus should be, like, what you just brought up, this escalating cost of... The cost of life. Yeah, in general, in <laughs> yeah. the U.S. And where are the fucking jobs... You know, that people can get that, that are going to carry them right. through this shit. And I, I chuckle and I reminisce because if you watch old movies, I'm not talking 60s and even 70s, but from the 50s and the 40s and super old 30s ones, yeah. um, even as far back as, say, A Christmas Carol, okay, what did Bob Cratchit do? He was a clerk. Yeah. He would enter positive and negative. He wasn't an accountant, mind you. He was a friggin' clerk. He kept the ledger. Fr- exactly. Yeah. But that practice was in existence well into the 40s, and people made a living mm-hmm. keeping these ledgers. Or, you know, we never had to live in a world where operators connected you to different numbers. Yeah. But that used to be a major profession for women. Oh, back in the day, man, if you got a right? job with the phone company, you were set, set for life. Set for life. You or were even good. big department stores or whatever, just connecting everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes technology, whatever, kicks in, and, and jobs are eliminated. Yeah. So yeah, something those those clerks did is now done via QuickBooks. We don't need you know people plugging you know different yep. wires into yep. holes for the thing. Yep. And my thing is another scary way to look at this is that we're already at the point 
where automated kiosks can do a much better job oh, than a high school kid and be a lot more reliable, mm-hmm. whether you're ordering fast food or checking into a hotel or shopping for a car. And regardless of whether they are a lot more uh, reliable than that high school kid. Yeah, a hell of a lot cheaper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's really the bottom line And you don't right got to worry about them getting hurt on the jobs. You mm-hmm. don't got to carry work with comp yep, and all this exactly. stuff. You don't have to worry about unemployment insurance right. because, yeah, they're not going to go unemployed. And if a, if a two-dimensional kiosk doesn't get you... We've all seen online, you know, the, the pictures of the robots that can flip burgers now. Oh, yeah. Okay? And I'm just or, guessing or the, it's probably a tasty burger because oh, they know yeah. exactly when to flip it. Oh, absolutely. Or I'm sure you've seen, you know, in the hotel industry in particular, mm-hmm. you know, these robots that can check your bags in for yes. you. Yes. You know, and, you know, the technology is getting to the point now where you can check in over your phone when you're not even at the hotel yet. Yep. And they can send you your key right to your smartphone. Sure. And you can bypass the front desk. Totally. Because who wants to deal with people? Yeah. I don't. No. <laughs> I know what you mean. I'm We've not going to advocate that right? position just yet. But we have yeah, robots in the from. supermarkets that yeah. patrol around and make small talk with you, which is creepy as hell, handing out like coupons yeah. and shit. And then when you're done with your grocery shopping, you check your own ass out and you scan the you items bag and your everything. Own f- right? Fucking groceries. Oh yeah. So I mean, seriously, oh, yeah. it's it's already started. So back to our very first statement, it is not the right time to institute higher wages that are going to cost businesses even more because they're going to say, you know what? Take a flying leap. Well, even bigger picture, you know, never mind this Band-Aid shit, (laughs) you know, why don't we deal with the the situation where, you know, high-skilled jobs need people who are trained, you know, at the same time that all this has been going on since 1990, Mm. I don't know if anybody's noticed, but college tuition has rocketed into the stratosphere. Those greedy motherfuckers, pardon right. me, I don't usually like to use that word. It is what it is. But, but I, I made greedy the comparison to uh, college recruiters are like military recruiters. Oh, yeah. They will tell they you anything. They are full of shit. Right, and they, they paint a picture to all these college kids, all these high school kids, how wonderful the college experience is. And that's all these kids want was a little slice of that college experience for the stories and the entertainment. They don't think about the education. No. You can get just as good an education at a local community college as you can, probably 50% of the universities in this country. The private universities. But it's just not as sexy. Not as sexy. And not only that, but the, even, the, even the excuse me, community colleges are getting more expensive. They're yes, getting they harder are. and harder to deal with. You yeah. know, there is a very, very much a, a for-profit thing going on with education that, at least when I went to college... Benefits of a classical education. That may have still been the situation. And given the school I went to, it probably was. But they were... I don't know, uh, altruistic enough mm-hmm. to not make it blatant. Now they right. don't give a fuck anymore. They They're just yeah. like, yeah, this is all about money. And, and kids yep. are coming out of college nowadays, you know, major universities with tuition debts. I think the average right now is about 38 grand. Right. You know, and you're coming into a market that, you know, can you pay this? And it's a predatory loan, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't cancel it through uh, uh, any kind of. Uh, bullshit legal stuff. You can't mm-hmm. cancel it through bankruptcy, which you can with most debts. You know, what makes this debt so special right. that you can't cancel it through bankruptcy? Who are these fucking people? Yep. You know? But the fact of the matter is people need those skills to get the jobs that you know that that will earn you the kind of money to live a middle class life in the US and that shit's going away. But I tell you what, I'm gonna throw a yes and a no on that. Oh, because good. have you 
had to employ a plumber or an electrician lately? Not recently, they but, need to take but the I understand they're, they're, off they're, of those. they're getting paid, paid well Handsomely. these days. Handsomely. Yeah. And, and in most cases, they're organized. You get into a union that's going to watch you steadily make more and more and more every year. Yeah. It's job security, and it's in freaking demand. Because I tell you what, I'm pretty handy around the house, mm-hmm. but I will not touch electric. I don't care how much it costs. I'm calling up somebody and having them come in. Let them get electrocuted. <laughs> Just yeah, sorry. Somebody to put it in those else terms, burn, but, burn your house down yeah, completely. Yeah, um, because they're 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 skilled. Um, it, it's it's a it's a multifaceted debate. Um, it requires a degree of intelligence. People, like I said, need to take the the long view of this, the big picture thing. We've got to yeah. stop throwing temp solutions at this. We've got to stop throwing band aids at this. Yep. You know, we got to stop buying into the dogma and the bullshit that is coming out of, you know, both political parties. Quite frankly, because yeah. both political parties are beholden to these bigger organizations. That especially uh, the universities too. They they oh hold sway because a lot of these big politicians went to these universities. Oh, absolutely. So they're part of the booster club. They're the alumni. I mean, I thank my lucky stars that a my parents were in a position to pay for my education and yeah. b made the decision to do it. And as an art major, it was a very expensive major because yeah. a lot of times you have to go whatever your major is. You're buying books, maybe some materials. Yeah. I would come at them with a bill like every week. Oh yeah, I'm taking uh, photography this semester, so you know I need a complete camera set up, you know, yeah, and, and yeah, film and the gear. paper yeah. and all that. Oh, yeah. And then even my my design classes. Oh yeah, I need to get these markers. They're three dollars a piece, and I need about a hundred of them. <laughs> I mean, this is and this is late '80s money, let's say. Oh day. sure, <laughs> big 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 difference between now and then, unfortunately. Yep. You know, but again, we got to take a step back and look at the big picture. You know, we really do. We got to stop. And like, like normal, the big picture is we're screwed. Yeah, a rudderless ship. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a lot of economists these days are looking at the future, and they're seeing two different uh, situations unfolding. Mm-hmm. A, they're seeing a police state. Mm-hmm. You know, where the income stratification that we are suffering from in the U.S., which, by the way, drags the economy down, gets so extreme that they're going to have to start building walls to keep you know the unwashed masses out. And, of course, the other, the other potential outcome of this is revolution. You know, when the, the have-nots so outnumber the haves, they outnumber the number of bullets that the haves have that we're going over the wall and fuck it, here we come. Yeah. You know, and, and again, this isn't something that you'd necessarily have to be an economic genius to wrap your brain around. Right. But enough about Joe Biden's first 100 days. Oh, come on now. <laughs> Give the man a chance. He inherited yet another like, shitstorm. Like we did with, uh, what was that guy's name? Which one? Uh, trampoline, Trumpo. Oh, Trump. Yeah, oh, he, that he guy. Get a fucking that guy, okay. <laughs> I seem to remember him. I seem to remember him. He is laying low these days. God bless him. I, I think he has to. I think he has to. <laughs> but that's a story for another day. Isn't it, though? Yeah. Yes, yes. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, you know, if we're going to go there, you know, why do, we, why do, why do Democratic Presidents keep inheriting economic shitstorms from Republican presidents. What's up with that? Let's just see if he makes it better. You know, Bill Clinton yeah. inherited a nightmare from George Bush Sr. You can't oh. use Bill Clinton because he was a superstar. <laughs> we'll, we'll give you that. First, but, uh, I mean, his first four oh, years, the man could do no wrong. It's, Obama it's, inherited an absolute nightmare from George Bush and Sr. It only got worse. And <laughs> And, and on this one, I will, I will say <laughs> that this was not Trump's fault. The pandemic, that was, that was up there right. with getting hit by a meteorite. Pretty much. You know, as, as an act of God, if you believe in God or Which, whatever. Which, by the way, uh, scientists now say that it wasn't um, 
A meteor. Really? That wiped out the dinosaurs. No. Really? It what are you a, hearing? It was a little piece of a comet, which to us is like the same thing, yeah. that broke off and landed. And there's a giant crater in Mexico. I forget the name. Okay. But they're saying that that's where the impact was. And in fact, because I guess this thing, like most comets, are still, you know, yeah. orbiting somehow. Sure. Um, but yeah, it was a piece of that that fell off, slammed into Mexico, and boom. Same no, effect sure. and everything. Go- but, goodbye, dinosaurs. Yeah. yeah. So now we got to worry about comets as well on top of everything looking at else. you Haley oh Jesus <laughs> it never ends it never, never ends never and Good as God. usual we've dug ourselves into just a depressing you scenario you know I'm about to walk outside <laughs> and put a gun in my <laughs> mouth I am unless we got a do we have a gem to rescue us from this well I tell you what we certainly got a gem and it's a great gem but it's not necessarily a happy gem <laughs> Oh, no. Which I don't care. These are dour times. It's like we're all working in a coal mill and just miserable. Uh, so grind, in lieu grinding, of it by, out, grinding it right, out. Right. In lieu of something by Arlo Guthrie, let's all go. Right. How about some John Lennon? Okay. With some working class hero. Ooh, is something to be. Yeah, damn straight. All right. <laughs> Let us play that for you, folks. And we'll be back in a couple minutes with some more things and stuff. As soon as you're born. They make you feel small By giving you no time instead of it all Till the pain is so big you feel nothing at all A working class hero is something to be Working class hero is something to be They hurt you at home and they hit you at school They hate you if you're clever and they despise a fool Till you're so fucking crazy you can't follow their rules Working class hero is something to be A working class hero is something to be When they've tortured and scared you for twenty odd years Then they expect you to pick a career When you can't really function, you're so full of fear A working class hero is something to be A working class hero is something to be Keep you doped with religion and sex and TV You think you're so clever and classless and free But you're still fucking peasants as far as I can see A working class hero is something to be A working class hero is something to be room at the top they are telling you still 
First you must learn how to smile as you kill If you want to be like the folks on the hill A working class hero is something to be A working class hero is something to be If you want to be a hero, well, just follow me. If you want to be a hero, well, just follow me. was a classic that was that a was. true gem a little a true dour, gem. but yeah 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 it's well i think that was where john lennon was at the time so i don't need this working class hero crap good point. um you know for people who don't know that was uh off the 1970 album john lennon and the plastic ono band indeed it was their uh, it was john's first album post beetle breakup mm -hmm. and uh and yeah john was in a place at that time but uh, but you, you want to talk about a song that just goes right through you, just really mm. really nails it, you know. That was that was really John Lennon's strength. I mean, the sarcasm mm -hmm. on whatnot. A lot of people had an issue with that. Yeah. You know, obviously it was the polar opposite to Paul McCartney, and that was really what made their Beatles relationship work. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, but yeah, scathing. Yeah, scathing it's, it's one of those songs that makes you think it's about you. Yeah, in the same way, so. Harry Chapin and Cats in the Cradle yep. makes you like that was my dad, man. Even if, <laughs> even if the poor man spent every weekend with you, right? Yep. Everybody hears that song and they're like, "Oh my God, it's about yep. me and yep. dad." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. And, and sadly, that that Cats in the Cradle tune probably yep. is the most played tune at funerals, uh, yeah. you know, of all time. Let's leave the Irish out of this. I'm telling you, <laughs> <laughs> that's like me, Pap. Hey, what can you do? What can you do? He loved his pints more than me. Hey, he didn't need. He didn't need. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, great great classic John Lennon. Yeah. Classic John Lennon. And a nice way to to bookend our whole talk about you know uh, survivable wages versus starvation wages. Yeah, you know it's it's the wages it's, of sin. If you are middle class right now, you are the center of the bullseye, man. Bingo. You really are. And you know people need to keep keep in mind that the the. The revolution, I guess you could say, the economic revolution of of the United States, uh, was based on the creation of the middle class. You mm -hmm. know, prior to uh, 1930, 1935, there was no middle class in the U.S., and uh, and that was post World War II, mm -hmm. um, and and it was an absolute revolution, and it was unique to the United States. You know, the, Europe followed in our footsteps on that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and now, unfortunately, the middle class is vanishing. Well, the world needs ditch diggers, too. Right. And, uh, and that has to be addressed. The and great promises of politicians of the day were, you know, we'll keep the trains running on time, and there will be a chicken in every pot. Yeah, exactly. Which I think I will draw today's title from. <laughs> but alter it for the times, where it'll be, you know, a chicken in every pot, if you qualify. Yeah. <laughs> Or a little pot for every chicken, you know? Yes. Now that we're legalizing it and all, you know? You we should go stock, there. We're we hippie. <laughs> I, you had to go there. You need to it, be it, deprogrammed. It was, it was the low-hanging fruit, man. I'm going to send you to myself. one of those camps Nancy Pelosi keeps talking oh about. Oh, my goodness. Oh, dear God. Yeah. I'll turn that one upside down, I man. I said I'm thumper, not a trumper. 
Get in the cage. <laughs> oh, dear God. So I understand yes. we have something new for the folks at I, home. I think it's time to introduce a new segment, John. A new I segment? I, I think it's absolutely necessary given the stupid shit that is going on in the world today. You know, we got to start focusing on it. We got to start calling it out. You know, just the dumb shit it, in right. a nonpartisan way. I want to I point that out. What you would know, you call it? Going forward, um, it's not political uh-huh. and it's not, you know, anything. Animal or vegetable. No, not no. at all. It's just really dumb shit that we really, really got to call out. All right. Uh, I think we're going to call it the fool of the week. Ha <laughs> ha, you fool! Ooh, it's the fool of the week. Better not be fool. <laughs> Wow, and magically, we even had a jingle ready to go for that. <laughs> because this should be a jingle ready to go for that. Yeah, it's and, you know, in all, in all honesty, we're not going re- to restrict ourselves to this week mm-hmm. or the week before or maybe even the week prior to that. And if we're really good with the crystal ball, maybe the week coming up, yes. you know, we can call it. But, uh, but yeah, there are certain just blatantly stupid things so that I'm people sure you've do. got one in the chamber. I, I got one in mind. I do indeed. <laughs> Our inaugural fool of the week. No pressure. Is Ted Cruz. Wow. Of, of, of the great state of Texas. Da, da, da. <laughs> and what did he do, pray tell? Oh, my God. Rank as the fool of the week. You know, it's one of those things where it was like, how could you be so dumb? How could you be so oblivious? <laughs> how could you not see this shit storm coming? You know, right now, as far as I know... The entire state of Texas is frozen. People are freezing their asses off down there. They have no power. They have no running water. Now what the fuck are we supposed to do? Where's the real pretty shit now, man? Because it's frozen, Uh and Ted decides to jump on a plane and fly down to Cancun, Mexico. And it should be pointed out that Mexico has had more COVID-19 fatalities than the entire country of India. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they have a population in Mexico that's like maybe one one-hundredth the size of India. Right. So, you know, and, and the main reason why people are flocking to Mexico is because they don't have the restrictions that a lot of other countries have in regards to COVID-19. You can come and go from Mexico. Well, that's why they've got a body count. <laughs> yeah, pretty much so. Pretty much so. But it was like, you know, one of those, one of those moments... Where regardless of, of your political affiliation, mm-hmm. you got to ask yourself, you know, what in the hell was he thinking? Yeah, I mean, you know? leaders lead from the front, not from the rear. And yeah. that was an attempt to be like, you know what? The last one out of here, turn off the lights. No shit. I'm going where it's warm. Oh, yeah. He clearly saw the movie The Day After Tomorrow it when everybody appear. migrated down yep, to Mexico. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, let me be clear about this. If I lived in Texas, Texas right now, yep. given the situation in Texas, if I could get my ass down to a warm weather climate, I'd have jumped on that plane too. But I'm not a senator from Texas. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh. And I, I will say this, you know, without a doubt, um, my heart goes out to the people of Texas because oh, they were God, yeah. just woefully unprepared for getting blitzed with, with old man winter. Oh, you know, okay? losing, losing power in the middle of the winter mm. for one night is cute. Right. You know, you get together with, with family, you play bingo, you drink a lot, you fire up the, the, the fireplace, you throw a lot of logs on it. After one day, it ain't funny anymore. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, myself and many residents of, of Connecticut, a few years back... Um, Wow, 2010 or 2009? No, it was probably 20. 
it might have been 2012. Okay. We got that freakish blizzard on Halloween day. Do you remember right. that? Were you up here yet? I or no? think I might have been on the West Coast at the okay. time. Okay. Yeah. And literally, it hits Halloween night because I was in costume on the way to my favorite bar for oh, a, no a party and a contest and everything. Yeah. And I turned to my buddy and I'm like, you know, I, I think the festivities are going to be canceled tonight <laughs> because we got hit with a foot of snow. Yeah. And the worst part was that all the leaves are still on the trees because it's only Halloween. Yeah. So the power grid, everything went down because all oh, the wow. lines came down, all the trees came down. I yeah, remember going October, outside. Yeah. yeah, I remember going outside our house. It sounded like a firefight in Beirut because all the trees were just snapping cracking and falling and, on yeah. the houses and everything. Oh, man. We went without. Now, this is with a foot of snow on the ground. Okay. We went eight days without power. Holy Jesus. Wow. And it was so bad that at the time, you know, normally I'm one of those idiots that when the snow is coming, I, I might get bread and milk or beer. Yeah. And I'll certainly have gas in my car. Yeah. Right? Yep. This one instance, I didn't because it was Halloween. I didn't think this was going <laughs> to happen. So I had like an eighth of a tank of gas in my car. And for most of this eight days, you couldn't get gas because the stations had no power. So yep. they ended up to the pump with. Oh, yeah. All the supermarkets cleared out because the freezers and the refrigerators were down. I mean, there was no power wow. anywhere. Wow. But I stuck it out. I took three bone cold showers. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. And, you know, slept under multiple layers and everything. But let's just say this. I'm a little hardier than the average bear. Okay. And I'm from the Northeast. So right. to me, snow is a fact of life. Yeah. You know, you got some real tough magoos down in Texas, and they are not to be trifled with. But there is no way they could have been ready for this. For this. this is, yeah, this and is And that's when you pale. need, oh, I don't know, a leader, mm. like a senator or yep. a governor, yep. or even some of their mayors. They were <laughs> worth their weight and shit yeah. to step oh, up. Oh, yeah, and, who, and who was that moron that got I, on Twitter? Unfortunately, I don't remember like the, the, the town or the guy's name, but yeah, he gets on there, and in this address to his constituents, Basically says, you know, suck it up, stop being such a pussy, and sometimes this is like how you call the herd, right? Jesus. (laughs) So immediately, see, and here's where my tie into Cuomo comes in. Oh, okay. Because Chris Cuomo in CNN tweets about this guy, basically saying in in a one-liner, apologize, then resign. And someone else, (laughs) a conservative pundit, throws it back to him and says, okay, now do your brother. Well, this is this is all a good argument. That, the argument that I'm fomenting to cancel Twitter, because as near as I can tell, nothing ever happens on Twitter. No, it's just a, yet another means to completely fuck yourself. Right. And it, it and people do it over and over and over. This is like nobody, you know, adheres to the examples that were set prior to of people who absolutely ruin themselves mm-hmm. by saying something emotional and stupid on right. Twitter without you know checking themselves or taking a moment. But, uh, but, yeah, I think Cuomo is our runner-up for Fool yeah. of the Week. So uh, please detail our, 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 our audience here with what the situation is with that idiot. They're coming at him all sides like a dysfunctional burrito and wrapping him up. His own aides have flipped and are testifying that he, he ordered everybody basically to skew the figures so that he wouldn't oh. have to hear it from the Trump administration. Oh. Because he was enjoying Man. sending volleys back and forth. Yep. And he was busy writing his books on leadership at the time, oh, accepting Emmys for his, you know, um, his daily broadcasts, giving everybody the status of what was going on in New York. And it's, it's right now, it's like the Discovery Channel because it's a feeding frenzy. Again, nonpartisan, non-political. This is like a completely stupid fool right. that, you know, needs to be called out for being the fool that he is. Sure. And the thing is, like you said with, with Twitter, we all say 
things we regret, things we wish we could walk back. Yep. Sometimes because of, uh, well, I don't know, alcohol. And, and you know, maybe <laughs> yeah. there was a time in my life when I was having uh, a delightful tea date with my elderly landlady and some of her friends. And I thought it was appropriate to tell a joke about a Puerto Rican and an ant and right. anal sex. Yep. But yep. it yep. happens. It okay? does, yeah. Uh-huh. But this wasn't on Twitter going out to <laughs> millions of people. <laughs> And it, you used to just be localized stupidity. Local, exactly. But now it's now it's global. Localized now it's global, stupidity. You, know? you, should, you should market that. I, I, like I, that. I should. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, um, yeah. So he's he's doomed. And of course, you know, like I said, his, his brothers on CNN. So they really can't report, and that's been CNN's stance so far on it, kind right. of distancing themselves from it. Yeah. But like I said, even MSNBC is on the act now, <laughs> so it's done. I mean, Fox is, is all over it, naturally. Yeah. But even MSNBC smells blood in the water, and look, they need something to talk about now. Yeah, so really. they're going off on them. But I, I think it was that whole Emmy thing yeah. that really stuck in people's school. Like me, yeah, as a conservative, I don't necessarily like Cuomo. Yeah. But I also don't think that like an active politician should be up for media-related o- awards. There's no. just something about that just stinks on ice. Yeah, I agree. But again, not to focus on him, Ted Cruz, how stupid. How did he not see the optical coming? Thank how you. How did he not how see that? How could a that? professional politician not see the horror he was going <laughs> to unleash <laughs> by doing something so stupid? Stupid. I know. I just, it's, again, so let's add politicians to athletes and actors. Absolutely. As far as people that need handlers. Yeah. To control every word that comes out of the mouth like a friggin' puppet. It would appear. It would appear. You know why Elmo has never had a controversy? Because yeah. there's another man's hand up his ass <laughs> directing every word that comes out of his mouth. That's why there's never been a Muppet scandal. No, there hasn't. There hasn't. And people should should take an example Ugh. from this. You and put understand. these morons in a suit and put them under the lights, and it's just game over, man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know. Well, we can thank you know social media and technology for this kind of thing. You know, like I said, you know, with Twitter, Twitter should be canceled because it just wrecks people. Right. It just gives you an opportunity to do something stupid and get absolutely wrecked, and it'll live on forever. Right. You know, you can delete the tweet, but you know, somebody's retweeted and you're screwed. When I was a kid, I was very curious and I guess a little stupid. So I wondered to myself one time how long I'd have to put my finger on a hot iron. Before it would blister or burn. It's, it's a question we all ask right. ourselves. It is, at that age. But that's a five-year-old. These are adults doing the same <laughs> thing. I wonder if I say some, some racist shit or something really like yeah, complicated and political. What, what's the shitstorm going to be like? Oh, Let's yeah. try it out. Oh, yeah. Hold yeah, my beer. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, more often than not, when I see this kind of Twitter shit unfolding, it's like, oh, spare me. Yep. I, don't, I don't even want to know. This is so stupid. But, you know... A very very select few just amuse they the shit out the of me. Wall of Fame, and this is yeah. definitely a Wall of Fame. A, an excellent candidate for the first episode of. Ha <laughs> You fool! Ooh, it's the fool of the week. Better not be fool. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. So it's let's good watch stuff. the stank of this segment <laughs> off of us. With, uh, quickly, please, quickly. Yeah, a song that kind of circles back to our initial. Uh, topic, but more tongue in cheek. Yeah, you know, I, I think we need a little comedy now, yes. a, little, a little intentional comedy to to offset the unintentional comedy mm-hmm. that seems to be reality these days. Uh, as you know, the '90s, you know, that's my wheelhouse. So yep. I want to throw a little something out by the offspring. It's called "Why Don't You Get a Job." <laughs> 
Exactly. Preachy, but it works. All right, gang, we'll be right back in a couple minutes for some wrap-up things and... My friend's got a girlfriend and he hates that bitch. He tells me every day. He says, man, I really gotta lose my chick in the worst kind of way. She sits on her ass, he works his hands through the Something everyone can enjoy. Oh, now that was a little fun. That was a little fun. That was rowdy and yes, a little fun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know the offspring get a little shit from that because of the similarities to that Beatles tune, yep, Oh Bloody, yep, Oh Blood yep. But the lyrics to that tune are so fucking hilarious. Look, and it, I tell you what, it's no worse than Kid Rock raping Warren Zevon and <laughs> Leonard Skinner <laughs> yes. for that song with him driving the boat on the lake. So yep. whatever. And if you watch the video, the video's a lot of fun. Yeah, it was but, fun uh, when we needed it. Yeah, but that was off the uh, 1998 Offspring album, Americana. And uh, and yeah, that was uh, that was a tour de force uh, time for the Offspring. Oh, yeah. And uh, and yeah, that, that, you know, you actually, we were, we were talking about these guys last week. You know, a lot of their stuff sounded very similar. It was yeah. very homogenous and whatnot. That was a little bit of a departure from what they usually right. did, yep. you know, as far as the whole punk rock thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and good fun, good stuff. I, yeah. I enjoy that tune to this day. So, 
Yeah, a lot of fun there. A lot of fun there. Good deal. And a nice way to wrap up uh, uh, a heavy topic yes. day. But we were due know? for a heavy topic. Yeah. Every week can't be King Kong and Godzilla. No. By and the way, thanks for the support, folks. <laughs> Our number one listened to episode of all time. You Unreal. Know, absolutely. In the midst of all the, all the right? just, just crazy, <laughs> insane... You know, hardcore shit going on in the world. It's good to know that people still... That'll get us an Emmy. Yes, they still do King Kong and Godzilla. They jump on that shit, so hallelujah. It's infectious. Yeah. So anyway, John, what's going on in Big Boom Radio this week? Oh, keep busy, baby. Keep it busy. Gotta do it. Uh, Especially on the Classic Rock Showcase. All right. We got some new additions that are going ready to get shipped. Ooh, do tell. Uh, Wow. Among others, Lenny Kravitz. Nice. Going to do kind of an amalgamation of a Chris Cornell piece okay um, featuring Soundgarden uh, works Audio Slave some of his solo stuff yeah, Chris had a lot of phases in his career yes. he truly did yes. so really uh, independently there's not a lot there to fill up an hour but together certainly can oh yeah between Soundgarden and Audio Slave absolutely yeah. and I continue on the hunt for what we call lost episodes yep. that just didn't make it when we jumped servers okay. even my beloved Doobie Brothers Ooh, I was thinking to myself today as a Doobie Brothers song came on Big Boom Radio I was like you know what I haven't even seen them on the programming sheet in forever. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So for people that don't know, I keep this, I'm pretty sure it's the world's largest Excel spreadsheet <laughs> of every show I've ever played for the last four years. I've seen it, folks. It's staggering. <laughs> it's staggering. But it, it's color-coded, and, and it makes sense to me. And uh, yeah, because you don't want to like play stuff too much. You're going to keep yeah. it fresh and exciting. Yep. And yeah, it's it's ginormous, though. <laughs> Once you've got an Excel spreadsheet and you're on like your sixth tab you know you got something. Oh, there. it can get sick. It can get good to you. It really yep. can. Yeah. So that's what I've been busy, you know, in my spare time doing, is that there is such an animal. Aye. And trying to come up ideas with this show. So as we sometimes do, I will tell everybody, as always, thank you so much for listening. And if you've got an idea or something you want to hear or something you want to do, or if you want to you want to be a guest in the show, why not, right? Get on the show. Well, I ain't flying them out here, but let's just say maybe do it over the phone. <laughs> Contact me. Uh, use the email john at bigboomradio.com. We want to hear from you. We do want to hear from you, and I'll most likely get back to you, you know, unless you're a, a meanie. Um, nah, we never, get, we never get those emails. <laughs> those never come in. I've learned so many new curse words. From I know. The, the I, know. I love the, the ones that start, dear assholes. Yeah. You know, those are the, I love when they have an the agenda. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that, folks. You know, do it if you get a minute. Sometimes we just get lonely here. So that's it for this episode. And as always, I'm Johnny Teflon. And I'm Michael Sean Lee. And we'll see you all on the flip side. <laughs>